0: Hello, everyone. Dr. Anna Quebeca here. Today, we're going to talk about our cervix. Yes, we're going to talk about our cervix. And I have all the way from across the pond, so to speak, um, Olivia Bryant, who interviewed me on her podcast. And I just fell in love with this woman and her mission, what she is doing in the world. Because women, we have a hard time talking about our feminine lady bits or really understanding how to address our body parts, especially when it comes to our pelvic anatomy in a holistic way. It's not something that's, you know, innate knowledge. We have to seek out holistic techniques and holistic information around it. So I'm bringing you Olivia Bryant. Let me tell you about Olivia. She is the founder of Self Cervix, which is a global project that aims to heal the cervix for more pleasure, deeper orgasm, and easier birth. So far, she's had over 2,500 women take part in a year. Um, from around the world and She has the background of being a sexologist and a coach. So from her perspective She's really opening up this communication Opening up the feminine and opening up this taboo area and also bringing to Realization of what is going on often in some cases with women. So
1: welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Anna. I'm so thrilled to be speaking to your tribe about this. I'm I'm very passionate about it. So, yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, I know you've devoted a significant amount of your time and I love (laughs) what you're putting out there. So let's talk about, let's just talk about, you know, the numb cervix. What is a numb cervix and and what's
1: going on? Yeah, so the numb cervix, you know, even though, I'll just give a bit of background to get into there. So, um, You know, before I was working in the world of sexology and you know researching and coaching, and I I knew that there was this thing called the cervical orgasm, um, but I wasn't really I didn't really have much idea about it, Um, and then. One day, I uh, I had a bad breakup and my pelvis started to like shut down. Literally, the muscles were like, like my body was saying no to entry. And you know, because of my work, I was like, oh, you know, the last thing I feel like right now is talking about sex, having sex, anything like that. So I went and I had some internal body work done. And during that session, um, my healer, a man named Matt. Um, discovered with me that my cervix was numb and so i didn't really know that was a thing but i did know that the cervix has the potential to be orgasmic that's all i knew at that point so i was sort of a little bit like oh that's a shame what what shall i do about this and i didn't actually realize the that it's actually a bit of an epidemic so I was given instructions to go away and, you know, stimulate my cervix for 21 days and without a clitoral orgasm. And so I went away and I tried and I got bored, to be honest. You know, got, you know going inside, I just, you know, it just wasn't that exciting. And so I ended up starting my own support group for other people who might want to see what's going on there. And it turned out apart from the fact that this project kind of just took off, there were so, so many women who had numb or painful cervixes. And I started to ask the question, why do we have these numb cervixes? I had an interview with a, a quite a famous scientist called Dr. Barry Komazaruk. He's done a lot of research around cervixes and orgasms. And he uh, discovered that via the vagus nerve, the cervix can, um, can have an orgasm. So he worked with women with spinal cord injury and discovered that orgasm was still possible. And so I, it's highly innovated. He told me with three sets of paired nerves going into the cervix and the surface is innovated. And yet here we are. And it literally for me, I could not feel a thing. You might have been touching, you know, somewhere out here. I couldn't feel it. And uh, that's a scary place to be when you have to uh, so-called um, pleasure yourself or even, you know, feel something inside of you and you can't feel a thing. It's really disheartening. And, and then the, to answer your question, why, uh, it's, it's multi-layered, And I think we can say from a, um, from a sort of a physical reason, Um, having sex before we're ready so as you know the the uterus and cervix will pull out of the way when a woman is really ready to receive anything inside her body Uh, so it's part of our conditioning I think and part of our sort of um, sense of self-worth that we want to open at the same speed as our lover And we're not really in alignment and integrity with what we really need because we might be programmed into pleasing or we might have models of what good sexuality looks like and we've got to be hot and horny and ready and on quickly. And it's just not the case. That's a myth. We actually need a lot more time so that the cervix can get out of the way. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think that's important to understand. Women, we naturally have a secondary response a secondary sexual response not primary with men it's primary it's like okay turned on ready to go like visually turned on ready to go with women it's secondary like start caressing start playing start with foreplay right and we'll say foreplay starts at breakfast so you know and then we get turned on so it's a secondary response and and this is what I had heard in my practice Olivia over and over and over again it's like I, I don't feel like initiating sex but I'm okay when we get there right? That's normal. That is absolutely normal. So recognizing that what's going to get us there and to allow that coaching, allow that time, allow that caressing to get us there. And then our hormones and our physiology connects and says, okay, now you, we're going to lubricate and now we're going to be ready. And it's going to be pleasurable because we're not We don't have the defense mechanisms turned on. And for some women, I mean, it's really important to understand that defense mechanism that maybe it's a flush of fluid. Maybe it's that um, uh, contraction or there's there's that your body will defend itself so that it can be less injured during intimacy in that instance.
1: Right. So we call that... We, we call that armoring. And so the more the body is, um, uh, is having to uh, defend itself and, you know, so, you know, you actually even preempt it. So your, your vagina will start to tighten and close and and hold. And when you are are tense um, that causes a numbness, you know, you imagine you hit something a while, it gives you pain. You hit, you continue to hit, it goes numb. Right. And, and and you know this tension that so many women hold, that is also part of our process, is actually learning to relax the vaginal tissue, and I call it sighing with the cervix and the vagina, just ah, letting it go. And you know, with regards to this, you know, uh, this this initiation, this is a secondary process, I like to say leaning, lean in and follow the pull, because it's the push that is causing the armoring and when you are pushing the part of your brain that allows you to relax and surrender it's not available you're pushing right so this there's a that is coming from a place of lack and like i'm not okay the way i am so i like to say follow the pull and this comes from betty martin she says, follow the pull into what is available. Maybe it's just I lay my hand here, or my partner lays his hand here. And then the next thing I feel like is, oh, can I have some more touch here? And I just follow and let it pull me in, yeah, rather than having to push somewhere.
0: Well, I would say there's one to 10 steps, right? So one to 10, skipping two through nine is not a, <laughs> right for the long run, you know? <laughs> right. right. Um, also, maybe, talk about tampons causing the numb cervix.
1: Oh yeah, I mean this is just another uh, another way that we um, put something in our body when we're not really listening to what's right. I don't use tampons anymore, to be honest. Ah, like there's like I I, I have there. Are, there's also conversation a lot in my group around. Um, Around contrac- contraceptive methods, and you know whether we should be insert- inserting things into our cervixes, and there are some people who've had fine that it's fine for them, and other people who've had horrific experiences where they've had to go into an abortion clinic to get this thing removed because it's like stuck. So <laughs> there's, there's there's so many, um, you know, the, what I'm about to say also for the numb cervix is anything that is uh, invasive. Um, where a woman doesn't feel like she has any charge or agency in the process so for example and um, a uh, pap smear and and I, I I think it's these things are very important however in order to it, it, it's it's important that we that I I feel it's important that we switch the dynamics in this doctor patient situation because at the moment in my experience it is um, I've got 15 minutes I have to get undressed, get on the bench, open my legs, and they're hurrying in. For a woman's nervous system, this is not safety. For her to be able to not tense up and what we call armor, she needs to relax. So um, I'm a real advocate for, for actually a woman having some authority in this situation. So I would say, you know, let your doctor know, hey, I would like to have a conscious experience. And if you're with the right doctor, they'll be okay with it. Some, some might be like, oh, what, is, what is she talking about? Or not trust it. So it's important to feel like, you know, I've got this, you've got some agency. And then you say, I would like to insert the speculum. And I'll let you know when I'm ready for you to um, enter. And I would like to remove the speculum. And I would like to see my cervix in a mirror. Um, and so I've done it like that. That's, that's how I do it. And how I suggest uh, women do it. And I feel like, that's, I actually leave those appointments feeling good.
0: <laughs> you know, from a gynecologist perspective, I hear what you're saying. From a woman's perspective, right? I've been on both ends of the speculum, so to speak. So, you know, and I hear what you're saying. And I definitely one of those with a very sensitive cervix, right? That I can feel the cervical brush on my cervix. I know many yeah. also feel that. And and others, so it's that conscientious. Being that part for me is having conversation, knowing your patient, using lubrication, taking your time, saying what you're doing. And I think that's important from the gynecologist standpoint. And also for the client is, is say, is say, Hey, please tell me what you're, if you don't want to insert the speculum yourself, it would be tricky. You're dexterous. That could be good. But, um, you know, tricky to insert it and remove it, but with, you know, I mean, easily done, it really is easily done Mm. safely with your gynecologist or your your doctor doing your pap smear. I want to say that, you know, also, you know, that power, that personal power is saying, speaking, please tell me what you're doing as you're doing it. And there used to be in the old days where we um, hesitated from using lubricant around the spectrum that would interfere with the pap smear results. That doesn't happen anymore. We don't use those slides. So those old practices, you know, we can feel really comfortable of using a reg, you know, using plenty of lubricant, be... Um, very descriptive with what we're doing and helping a client get comfortable with that. But also I want to hear from my patients, you know, tell me what you're doing or, you know, this is something I feel more comfortable with. Can I be part of this process so that it goes well for me, you know, or yeah. I'm about this. And I also only used very small speculums. I use the small speculums universally and we yeah. don't really need to use the big speculums. And I think that's also another important aspect of um, communicating can use the The beautiful part is that nowadays, with the liquid-based Pap smears, we can we can get great results with um, with you know without any um, additional trouble, In yeah, yeah. invasive procedures. So I think that's I mean, that's reassuring too.
1: I think it's just so a woman feels she can relax. And for me, when I could relax my cervix and, you know, cause I was like, okay, I'm ready for you to take the swab. I had consciously relaxed my cervix. It felt so much better than when I was tense. And, you know, this comes back to, consent really and and having this conversation around I need you to tell me what you're doing please it's really hard for us to like just find that assertiveness especially if we're not used to it um I had this one this woman say to me that her gynecologist would basic would tell her how beautiful her cervix was you know and like just really affirm her cervix and be like oh you look so perfect it looks amazing and you know and so I think that's really nice for a woman to hear yeah so yeah,
0: um, we're often heard the opposite right with bull bars are they don't look normal they don't look the same as yeah. the imagery of the perfect bulb but what is that we're like flowers everything yeah. uniquely beautiful and that's okay some some petals are larger than others right but it's okay and really I think that is that's a that's our our role too to reaffirm look you look perfectly healthy and normal everything looks great here beautiful you know yeah. that's important too and i think that's a big part of it um i think that can definitely yeah. be beneficial because many we really? are unsure like what is normal down there and you know am yeah. i and that's on yeah. the outside let alone on the inside what's my
1: cervix look like feel like etc yeah. so talk about I mean- um, Women, we can't see, uh, we can't see each other, you know, because it's all, it's all hidden under there. And, you know, I've heard these just horrible things about how in pornography in Australia versus pornography in Europe, the si- the same model will have her labia trimmed to different lengths, you know, with Photoshop. It's horrible.
0: It's horrible. Um, I'm sending the wrong image to you. Yeah. Yeah. So many levels of inappropriateness,
1: but. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> and then I, another way that we become numb is obviously through the cutting, the lasering, the, you know, all of the medical procedures that um, actually injure the cervix. That's and true. I had mine lasered and I have More scar tissue. That's yeah. I have, I have scar tissue and I. I actually think that that is when I really went numb. Um, so, this is this is interesting because, well, you know, we. So, Dr. Barry Komasarok's research has shown that it is possible to grow back the pelvic nerve in his studies on rats and mice, mice or rats. Um, and so it would make sense, we could speculate, that the nerves of the cervix can start to regenerate because what's interesting is that we've started to feel again. Women who are doing the practice and doing the work are starting to feel again. Usually it goes from numbness to pain and discomfort to pleasure. And and so we kind of don't know whether the the sensation is starting to, if, we're, if it's awareness and neural pathway at a brain level, or if it's literally nerve regeneration at the, the level of the cervix, but well, there's no research. Yeah, so, yeah I think that's
0: fascinating, because we always talk about nerve sparing hysterectomies. And, and what are we doing when we laser or have to cauterize the cervix as well? We want to um, not affect as much nerves, but I do believe you're getting re-innervation of the tissue. So with a healthier blood supply through the massage, through the practice, through consciously being aware, you're getting a healthier blood supply and with that a healthier nerve supply. So I would agree with you. And what you said is really important. I want to emphasize this. Olivia said that um, you go from a numbness to a pain, right? Or Really, yeah,
1: just confidence,
0: like. and then to the pleasure, and that is true with clitoral stimulation as well. Like, over stimulating the clitoris with what call vibrators will numb your clitoris 9,000 nerve endings to the clitoris. And when you start, you hold back, start with a very light touch to reawaken those nerve endings to the lightest feather, cotton tip touch, right? Just the lightest touch of your fingertip, just light, light, light strokes. And you practice that over time. You might get this ground glass. It's been described as ground glass type of feeling, this kind of, you know, discomfort or for some pain as you're reawakening the nerve endings. And I totally encourage women to give that process its full healing course, the sensation is so much better. So
1: let's talk about that more with the cervix, the process. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say the process? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. Oh, this excites me so much. I get so excited. (laughs) um, I
0: thought that about you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think, okay. I want to, I want to teach the process. And I just want to talk about um, the clitoral orgasm with the cervical orgasm. So, part of the process that I had a lot of resistance to because clitoral orgasm was my pathway to orgasm, clitoral stimulation. That is, is was my pathway.
0: So So many women's
1: pathway. Absolutely, so many, so many, and totally beautiful and amazing. And however. There's an
0: orgasm.
1: (laughs) However, in order to go into these deeper places, we need longer stimulation. So, if you go for a clitoral orgasm and you go for this peak, not only is there a tension that starts to accumulate in the body, and then there's a drop off, and you don't really feel like. you know, that's it. You kind of like, Oh, well we're done. So with cervical orgasm and internal orgasm, you want to go for as long as you can. So, you know, it's like, you can use, you use your clitoris for arousal, but, but try not to go over the edge so that, you know, the process isn't finished and you lose your sexual energy. The other thing about clitoral stimulation and vibrators is I was so used to that obtuse sort of like, um, it's quite horny. It's quite, um, um, I always say it's kind of high. If it was a, if it was a sound, it would be quite high up. Um, and it's quite a sharp pleasure. Whereas the deeper, um, deeper s- it sensations, would well, they're exactly that they're sort of deeper and subtle. And so in order to start to feel those things deep inside of my body, I had to kind of put clitoral orgasm and, and a lot of stimulation to the side for a bit so I could start to train my brain to feel things that were deep inside of my body that I had no, not really much registry to at all, simply that so now what's so interesting is I absolutely love what's going on inside my body it's like this never-ending kind of like landscape of sensation that kind of unfolds the longer I practice this work and so sometimes I can now just feel my cervix with my brain and start to like it's like I feel like my cervix is turning itself on which and I start to go like oh it feels so good inside of my body and I've never had that before so that can bring up a lot of resistance for people doing practice, you know, and, and in no way am I saying there's anything right, wrong or better about any kind of of orgasm. I'm just saying in order to start to train and to practice feeling deep inside of the body and to prolong our sexual experiences, um, that kind of orgasm is not what you want to go for, right? So that that kind of orgasm has a different function. So yeah. Well, what I liked is what you
0: said. You know, gave me a, a jotted down. It's want we want to experience the full range of our orgasm, right? It's like yeah. we want to experience the full range of our voice from soprano to baritone. Where do we take this vibration? You said it really well, and I associated with like a soprano. Oh, yeah, ah. and sure. and deeper feeling, and which makes sense too. It's a deeper. Um, it's a deeper feeling, and you have to be relaxed, and you have to feel, um, you know, at peace, comfort with your body, aware. You know, there's a deeper awareness there, so, so yeah. I feel the full range of orgasm.
1: Yeah, and interestingly, the cervix sound. Have you ever heard it? And I'm sure you have. It's like, I mean, should I do it? It's like I'm not going to do it fully because it's, it's just like oh it's really deep and kind of guttural and comes from deep inside of the body. Whereas, ah, it's a bit clitoral kind of, it's a bit more kind of up here, you know? So it's interesting how the registry, the pitch also, um, you know, moves in the body. I mean, I, that was, that blew me away when I first started hearing these different sounds coming out of me. Um, so the process, um, so therefore, So, so a lot of women find it pretty confronting to go inside the body. Um, they come up against all sorts of shame, shame being another reason why we're numb because we just don't, we don't have the connection. Um, so, you know, it can, it can feel like it can feel a lot more of a big deal than, than clitoral stimulation. So I always suggest that we, um, we we start working actually what we call de-armoring, um, outside of the body first and just feeling like where are the, the pain spots. And, you know, I always stress around the neck and around the the, 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 the solar plexus, you know, around the solar plexus and belly because this is the path of the vagus nerve, which connects right down to the cervix. So we want to try and activate the path of the vagus and free it up. So working around the, the – right around here, you'll feel it. It can feel like – and down, solar plexus, and you're just finding places, like trigger points, really. Belly, there's a lot of them. And then you're going to work around your outer vulva, feeling, you know, like squeezing the tissue, what's there on either side of the perineum. Um, Anna, you can probably help me with the anatomy. There's like a a muscle that runs up between the perineum and the bone. Like, (laughs) no, it's like a lot of muscles. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, between the perineum which is between the vagina and the anus there's like tissue at the perineum which can be very very tight on the men so it's important to do little circles there and out towards the bone and and then you want to feel like you know always wait for your body to be like yeah I'm ready for to enter. So breasts are a beautiful way to open the body, stimulate oxytocin, it's a very self-loving practice. I use the clitoris a little bit if I if I feel like it or I simply rest my finger at the entrance of my vagina and I just hold it there and I might do little circles and then the then, my muscles relax, and I'm, a little more is available, and I can go a little deeper and So, what I do is I start trigger pointing around the entrance and what I, what I mean by that is i 'll um, stretch and hold um, and relax my body completely so if If our armoring and tension is caused by our nervous system activating and tightening, then what we 're training the body to do is ah it 's safe, I can relax here, it's safe. And so I, I hold those places for up to two minutes. And then what we do is we actively push out with the tissue. So again, unless you've got a prolapse,
0: unless, unless yes. you... Yeah, I want to emphasize that trigger points. I means what we do in, in manipulative therapies or osteopathic therapy, and, and for a person just now to get an idea, Um, is like if you have a tight neck muscle or shoulder muscle, just holding on to that area of most pain or discomfort and holding pressure there. You eventually, or, or even if you squeeze, you eventually will feel the muscle relax under you. The pelvic floor is no different. And women who have a tight pelvic floor, you know, just that holding, you know, that trusting, safe pressure continuously and letting the muscle relax. Under your fingers you will feel that and that will open up. And so I like how you said it's just take your time. This is just a welcoming procedure and we take some time.
1: I always say if we're working with consent and needing to ask our lovers to take time with us, that they need to wait, we need to do the same for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we actually practice being in alignment with our uh, yes and no in our own practice and so sometimes women will feel, find that they're not actually getting anywhere near the cervix because they're getting a no and I'm really getting them to train that muscle that they don't have to be the perfect student, that they don't have to be this adequate like sexual woman, they just, they just really honor what they need right now. So often it's just we're working around the entrance and I'm not getting that yes. So, um, so you'll often come, if you go deeper, you'll get to the G area and often you'll get that shards of glass feeling there. That's also armoring. And this is caused, um, you know, as well as kind of premature penetration also resisting the p reflex so when you know you have g-spot g-area stimulation you know the 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 impulse to urinate it can feel like you need to wet the bed basically and so we can hold and tighten up against it
0: and so if we're looking at this and how to best anatomically if we look at our vagina as a tube right and initially maybe we're putting pressure Olivia on the base, just okay, yeah. open, relax. And yeah. then the B spot is anterior, just beyond the urethra, about yeah. you know a couple centimeters in to the anterior wall of the vagina. Just your bladder is sitting here, yeah. your urethra is coming through here. Here depends on your anatomy, and so if you're applying pressure, you're going to feel that. And you may um, have a little loss of urine, and that's okay too. Just
1: relax, accept it. Yeah um the next step and you'll actually feel the tissue is different it's ridgy and it, it, it's a ridgy tissue so um yeah and so i always say relax completely and let yourself pee i mean i'm interested in your perspective on this anna i mean there seems to be like this massive debate around is it urine is it not urine my stance is from my experience it's not urine but you can have traces of urine in there if your bladder is full so i don't feel it's urine do you well, they're skin glands. So you have glands yeah. right there as well. So it may, may yeah. not, it
0: depends.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, you know, so I, mm-hmm. to help my, to help people feel safer, I, I, I don't, if you do ejaculate, smell it yourself. It's, yeah. it doesn't smell, it doesn't have the smell of urine. So um, don't worry. Like I would say just practice uh, completely relaxing. And then you might get up to the cervix. I actually use a glass wand um, to do some of this work because uh, just it's you know um, you know I've got a long body and a short arm, so it it just helps. It can also help if you feel nervous going inside. I do think using your fingers is very beneficial for kinesthetic awareness. Um, however, the wand you know it's longer; it can reach more spaces. So. Um, So I, yeah, so you'll get
0: thing with a glass wand too. And one of my friends who's a urogynecologist talked about this quite a bit. And, you know, it's as a gynecologist, we recognize when we're doing a pelvic exam, sometimes there's, there's, it's hot, it's inflamed. You feel like, you know, that the vaginal issue is hot and other times it's more restricted or cooler. And so in those instances, especially if there's issues, you can warm the glass you know, want, or you can warm it or cool it. And so especially women that are feeling inflamed, sometimes, you know, having it cool and going with that can be very
1: soothing at the same time. Well, that's so, very interesting. You know, so body, we, yeah, what, what would the inflammation be from? Are you talking what from? It, it can be
0: d- during times of your month with your cycle, from increased blood flow, it can be from conditions as well as endometriosis. It can be, you know, a subclinical
1: infection, um, okay. even normal, so, right? So, so hot, when you when you say hot, warm, and cool, is one more preferable than the other? I think it's
0: um, somewhere in the middle,
1: just like the body
0: temperature. Yeah, somewhere yeah, okay. in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Like normal. Yeah. And I don't think we've actually ever done studies on temperature, but you can definitely... That, for example, a woman who has vaginismus, right? Mm-hmm. It's often very, you know, it, it actually can be either way, but it's often um, the muscles are tight, yeah, they're constricted, and they're working, so you feel warmer. Huh? And so you want to do some cooling of that, relax feel the coolness. And it's also another sensation, another temperature sensation. And so that, you know, that may be beneficial.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. I would have thought if the muscles were tight, there'd be less blood flow, but it makes sense that they're just like on. So, on. Yeah.
0: But again, right. it may depend, depends on what stage. If it's that initial reaction, it's going to be warmer, but if it's been prolonged, maybe it is. Right.
1: Okay. More. Wow. Um, so
0: is often in the menopause, right? We're feeling less heat down there. So it's less heat. So using a warm wand can help bring blood flow and
1: circulation back to, back to that area. Yeah. Um, so then you will find, you'll get your cervix. So now the thing with the cervix and the thing with a lot of anatomical drawings is that you know, they often show the vagina like already open passage and the cervix is sitting right in the middle and the uterus is sitting right in the middle, and that's not true at all. Like this, the the vagina is actually pushed together, like folds of skin. Like so, it, you know, it's not already open and available ready. That's why we go really slowly up, and we wait the whole way up. Um, and so the cervix can also be off to one side. So I remember when I first started doing the practice, I was like, I was at the very roof of my vagina and I was like it was definitely tense and, and there was discomfort and I thought oh I, I must be on my cervix but it wasn't my cervix at all and I actually found my cervix in me because after all I was like this doesn't feel right I don't feel because when you're looking for a cervix what you're looking for is something that feels like the tip of your nose and mine was right over penis, really yeah right well that's interesting <laughs> yeah like the head of a penis um right over to the left, like on the, the left, you know? And actually I found out many women have their cervixes right over to one side. So the best way to reach your cervix, if you're using your hand is to squat, I guess like I'm just sort of doing it, like squat like that. So you've got your one knee up and you, and, and you use your hand like that. So you, what you're trying to do is shorten the shorten the torso um so i um recommend again you so you do the same thing you're pressing and you're holding and you're pushing the muscles out unless you have a prolapse and the reason we do that is because ultimately we're training ourselves to have a relaxed vagina so throughout the programs that i offer the first stage is like pushing out with more kind of like really birthing. So I learned this from a beautiful midwife called Celia Rayfeld, who's in Berlin. And so she she got together with the tantric healer that I was working with and they thought, well, if you can have ecstatic birth from stimulating the cervix and opening the tissue and softening the tissue, perhaps women who are not pregnant can also have ecstatic experiences through opening and softening the tissue. So that's what, we were, what, that's what we're doing is we're ultimately softening the cervical tissue because what's so cool about the cervix is that it, will, it, and it can retract and pull away in fear, essentially. And it will pull away when, it te- when it's ready to end the practice. It's bizarre. Like, I'll be like, oh, or it'll come down and it'll meet your finger. <laughs> it'll just like pick you on the finger. It's really extraordinary. Um, and so what we're trying to do and what I've noticed over time Well, one thing is you're exhibiting
0: motor control, right? You've now created an awareness, a communication. It's like that aspect of, you know, exercising and becoming aware and getting that anatomy to respond to you. Yeah. Any activity that you're not used to doing, backbend, whatever, you've got to get familiar with that. What does it feel like, you know, getting comfortable with it? How do I you know, relax that, what muscles need to relax and you're becoming more in control of more of your pelvic floor muscles. I think it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, and maybe it is that absolute relaxation because the times when that's happened, I've been doing some stimulation of it so, um, you know, and then I'll just hold my finger very, very still. And my work is just, I'm like, trying to like connect brain to finger, you know? Um, and so perhaps, you know, cause it feels a little involuntary, like it just kind of does it. It's like. Um, so when so you, what we're trying to find we're trying to just soften this tissue so that you know this you know when a woman has a fully open and awake and soft cervix the, the cervix will open up and say say you're in a hetero relationship and your partner's penis is on your cervix the cervix will open and receive this, the, the penis so it's like you've got this kind of thing happening so it's like total yin yang. And this is where cervical orgasm seems to occur. And and not only cervical orgasm, but these pheno- this phenomenon where we found um women who are having quite um surreal and transformative and life changing experiences through the cervix, where essentially it's a it feels like their, the boundaries of their body dissolve. They connect to a universal oneness. They receive insight and messages. They see colors and images and visions like, wow, out there. <laughs> so this is the potential of the cervix. And we, um, we, th- there's people who say it, it, it's like DMT re- release in the body. And so DMT um, is the uh, active ingredient found in plant medicine like ayahuasca so you know uh that the shamans give so we have androgynous dmt in the, in the body and so it feels like that when this occurs they're having similar experiences to people when they go and work with the shamans and drink this medicine like they have these out-of-body experiences where they connect to like something bigger than themselves so this is the absolute zenith of the cervix is that This is a place we come out of in, in the body. We come from source into the, into the world. And then through these experiences, we can connect back to source. And I know that this is completely like, this is getting in the woo side of things, but I mean, like I've got these incredible testimonies from women and I haven't had that experience.
0: Have you experienced that, Olivia?
1: No, I, I'm very, very open about this is my process too. So
0: yeah, my even husband, the, I'm like,
1: I'm willing to, I know, right? more. <laughs> I know, I, I mean, yeah. you know, the interesting thing is we can't have a goal. We can't be like, otherwise we go back into that pushing. No goal. What? No, we can't, we can't have a goal. And it's the hardest thing because we want to achieve and we want to feel these things and we want to feel something. And so the hardest thing is to, it's the biggest exercise in its present moment, like just being okay with ourselves, accepting us. Yep. And then from that state of safety and release into this moment, then your body can take over and do its thing. As soon as our brain is in there, like pushing us towards something, it's like, like we're, 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 I think, you know, that's amygdala, right? It It's like, you know, it's in the way. And so we can't just oh, surrender. So, yeah. So that's what we've got to do, get the goal out of the way. And, you know, maybe in this lifetime, I'll experience that. Maybe I won't, but what I always say, it's actually who I'm meeting on in myself on the way that counts. And And, 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 and what I'm seeing in myself as I go to this deep place inside of my body, wow, do I meet myself? Like I meet my resistance. I meet my perfectionist. I meet my one who wants to be like everyone else. I, you know, I meet my comparer. I meet all of those like things that also exhibit, I could exhibit in life and I'm healing them. Well, this is a thing
0: too, you know, I always tell couples in, in sexual health and in, in working with them that you can have a lifetime together and still experience new things. And I think this is, this is so true with our own bodies, let alone when we add in our partner, our mate's bodies too, and experiencing that together. Is this something that you can do with your mate or?
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, Uh, so you can actually de-armor if you're in a hetero relationship on, on a cock, or if you've got a female lover, like you can use a dildo, do the same thing as if you're using a wand or fingers, but, um, I'll just refer to working with a penis. So, um, you can, you know, in a loving way, essentially use his penis to, um, to diama, so you can sit on it and I always recommend eye gazing and he needs to be able to hold an erection. So, so, um, that can be challenging for some. So, but maybe not start there, start with ourselves first, right? Oh yeah. So, so that's, that's where you can go. But Mm -hmm. I always say that the, that I highly recommend that you work with yourself And you know your body, you know your pleasure places, you know your attention places, you know, uh, and you feel comfortable with consent and asking for what you need and want before you bring a lover in. Now. So much stuff can come up when you start to work on the cervix. It can bring a lot of emotional release. A lot of anger can come up that's stored in this ancient place in our body, right? We don't know where it comes from, but it can be there. So I always say you've got to promise not to project this onto your lover who's helping you release it, maybe with his fingers. Right. So it also requires your lover to be particularly like uh, well held in terms of he is a g- good container um, um, that uh, he is not going to take it personally. If you um, cry or if you say I'm done now or if you say uh, that's not quite, you know, can you move your thing? You know, you can make as many adjustments to touch as you want and he's not going to like take it you know personally so it can be like a little bit of a, a navigational territory so i made a whole program around this to help navigate all of the sexual wounding that can come up when we start trying to please or perform with a lover so um most important is just this is about you and starting to find your voice and feel yourself more so that you can make um You can make choices that are so aligned with this deep core in in your body because we are working. We're working
0: the core. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, several years ago, I practiced and, and taught about the practice organic, orgasmic meditation and I think that's, you know, just reawakening the clitoris and the same thing, that awakening first, the, the glass feeling, and then the, you know, emotional release, again, 9,000 nerve endings to the clitoris, how many to the cervix, we don't not 100% sure. So but many, many, many. Um, and, and so that's really a interesting point is that these emotions are being released as well and held in other parts of our body and can definitely see that awakening again the connection to our entire nervous system right to our brain yes. to our, um, you know even our primal brain our primal responses and how that can be activated as well as we release and and connect more yeah. of our body together again versus yeah. sexing off these pieces closing off these pieces and, mm-hmm. and so many reasons and I yeah. think really beautiful practice tell us more about your program and how women could work with you
1: um so self cervix is um it runs over 20 21 days it runs four times a year and um, there's also an initiation journey that people can take at any time and that just uh, sets people up um, with the the principles of the work. And then if they want to go deeper, we run these health facilitated spaces four times a year. So they can find the work at selfservex.com, and all the information is there. So um, there's a beautiful global community of women um, all sort of pioneering really this work because when it first came into being, nobody else was doing this. So uh, we sort of all discovering it together, which is really exciting. So it's a very co-creative supportive, space that uh, women are invited to join uh, as we go through this journey together and I think that these 21-day containers give us a little bit of space and time to really focus on ourselves so um, it's a it's a really um, powerful and potent three-week space so yeah selfservics.com if people are interested in more. Perfect.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being so generous, open. I just love talking with you. <laughs> I would definitely learned something to yeah. um, practice to practice to not be perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know sexual perfectionism. <laughs> yeah, I know. Drop the perfectionism and just kind of allow, allow the discovery process to proceed. And I think that's really, that's key for women to understand and and open up to. And and then again, you know, getting comfortable with, I like how you say it, consent and what feels good knowing your pleasure zones and knowing what's not comfortable, because if we don't communicate that to our, our spouse, how are we ever, you know, mean, how are we going to expect them to know? I also like, you know, connecting the vagus nerve and um, you know, areas that are super sensitive and then just connecting those areas with touch and and going through a um, awakening a reawakening reconnection of our body into its full you know its full gosh the openness or the availability, availability of those other experiences that heightened awareness or self-awareness but also the orgasm that whole full range of orgasm from soprano to baritone mm-hmm. to experience what your body really has available to you and it doesn't matter your age right yeah, absolutely it doesn't um, matter your age yeah
1: 50s um, 60s 70s 20s right yeah. and if you're planning on birthing I think this is a really vital thing to start um, opening and preparing your cervix for birth
0: That's such a great point, because as an obstetrician many, many years, that cervical freezing, you know, with the pain, with the pressure, especially if we're, you know, we, the induction I'm sure does not help that I'm sure your body's fighting against an induction procedure sometimes until we kind of have to mechanically break through and I think there's probably some recovery work we need to do after that and even if we've had a c-section so I think this is a beautiful I mean for women this is going to be a beautiful practice an open door anyway I want our listeners to give this a try look at um, Olivia's site more selfservix.com and follow this I mean she has done an excellent job of giving us instruction on how to just kind of open up our bodies to another experience and see experience that and see where that brings you please share below please you know message or ask questions you can privately send us questions to my office team at quebecahealth.com so tam at quebecahealth.com and to olivia olivia what's your um Uh, support at self So um, connect with us. Let us know what you're feeling and experiencing. And we look forward to sharing more of this information with you in the future. Thank you, Olivia, for being here. Thank you so much, Anna.